on its own, Missouri losing its athletic director, Desiree Reed Francois, would be a bummer. But taking a look at the bigger picture, you see that's the concern. Missouri and its board of curators, its whole setup, looking like a bad succession script in desperate need of a rewrite. So I want to explain the big picture of why all this bothers me coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball and coming up on the show, frankly, with Desiree Reed Francois gone, well, the Dennis Gates calculus changes just a tiny bit. We're going to get there eventually. First, let me do remind you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And let me just say up at the top. I'll be honest, there's nothing I would rather talk about less than a bunch of behind-the-scenes drama involving people who, frankly, shouldn't have a whole lot to do with sports. So I apologize. I would much rather be talking about actual football and basketball. Unfortunately, the actual basketball, not a lot to talk about positively right now and no actual football on the horizon here for a few months but interestingly this morning Desiree Reed Francois introduced at Arizona man life comes at you fast as the kids say and she said quote the only place I would have considered leaving Mizzou for is Arizona it was a chance I could not pass up and don't get me wrong I believe a lot of that is true I'm sure that there's a part of Desiree Reed Francois that would like to be closer to the West Coast, perhaps closer to California, where she's from. She went to Arizona, at least the law school of Arizona. I don't believe she went to her undergrad there. I'll have to check that here in just a little bit. But regardless, I could see how Arizona would be an attractive destination for a lot of people. And I've had some people say, hey, maybe that's maybe that's all there is to this. This is just a personal decision here. And certainly values are subjective. Maybe it's worth it to her to give up a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever it might be. Maybe the money was was closer than we were even led to believe. But no doubt that it was not a, a dump truck full of money backed up to her front doorstep that led Desiree Reed Francois to leave Missouri and go to Arizona. I think that part is quite clear. And it's also, what is a little bit unclear is how quickly this all came together, though it is clear that, indeed, this did come together rather quickly. Now, she was at the basketball game in Oxford Saturday night for Missouri, obviously being introduced here in Arizona just a few days later here on a Tuesday. Well, according to Gabe DeArmond, he says, I don't know the exact timeline, but I don't think she was a candidate a week ago. And to me, that little bit of information is notable here because Arizona's previous athletic director was let go about a month ago on January 23rd. So, 
when you put those pieces together, what that tells me is for as much as Desiree Reed Francois said this was not a chance she could pass up, all indications are, again, despite the fact that this job was available a month ago, and she would have probably, considering she's an insider, she's an athletic director, agents talk, all that kind of good stuff, there's a chance that she had an indication that job was available even before we in the in the general public did. So you put all that together and it's just hard for me to believe that, oh, the Arizona job came available and and she just had to jump at it, something she couldn't pass. And again, considering you're at an SEC school that just had its best football season in 10 years, you're going to be expected to compete for the college football playoff once again. Hey, Yes, basketball's taken a big step back this season. Hopefully not a permanent one, though. And other than that, really, everything is going pretty well. Women's basketball aside, too. Yes, the round ball, that big orange round ball has not been going super awesome for the Tigers this season. But everything else, it just seems like all systems are go. So again, when you add all this stuff together, it seems pretty obvious with the reporting that's been done by Gabe DeArmond, little bits of information coming out from Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch saying that basically, hey, a lot of friction here, or at least some low-key friction, I believe is the phrase Ben used, some low-key friction between Desiree Reed francois members of the Board of Curators, and I can confirm from sources within the university that a lot of that stuff is true there's definitely there's people in the board of curators who were not necessarily the biggest fan of Desiree Reed Francois for whatever reason and to me just this whole thing is so disappointing because again it's not just about one person it's not just about oh how could we replace Desiree Reed Francois though again I'm a big fan of hers As a person who goes to tons of these games, I've noticed all of the different game day improvements that have happened at football and men's basketball in particular. I just think she's the type of person that listens to her fans and actually takes takes action to make the fan experience better. Who can complain about that whatsoever? And again, just success-wise, things are going pretty well right now. Hopefully, Again, we'll talk a little bit more about Dennis Gates and men's basketball here a little later on the show. That's the one black eye, I guess you could say, at this point. And again, this just feels like an unforced error. Why and why would I expect anything different in the future? That's what really bums me out about this because it seems like the same structure is going to be in place indefinitely here. And more importantly, why would a potential athletic director expect anything different in the future if I can't hire the next football coach for instance as Jim Sterk basically could not well then why would I want to take that job sure you get the SEC prestige and the money to play with but are you really the one who's actually calling the shots at the end of the day as Gabe DeArmond said talked about Ren Baker a guy who has strong Missouri ties a guy who just left Missouri to go to West Virginia fairly recently well one of Gabe's readers asked why would Baker not take the offer if it was given and to which Gabe says he knows he knows how everything works here i'm not sure that's a positive and he also just moved his family a year or two as well i know Ren well enough to know that that was not an easy decision for him. So again, 
if somebody who has worked at Mizzou, a guy who's well thought of, it would seem like Ren Baker may have, as Gabe sort of implied here, there may be some reservations by seeing how the sausage is made at Missouri, having too much knowledge, maybe actually a bad thing at this point. That just seems ridiculous to me. I, don't get me wrong. I understand what Gabe's saying. I understand that's not what I'm saying is ridiculous. What's ridiculous is the situation. Why is the board of curators, which Sam Snelling properly pointed out over at Rock M Nation, that's a bunch of, of part-time employees. Being on the Mizzou board of curators is not a full-time job. Well, guess what? These are all fallible human beings with their own self-interests. Why would I trust a bunch of part-timers with power over my athletic director, Desiree Reed Francois, who not only seemingly is doing a good job, in my opinion, that's a subjective value there, but objectively, she's also just there. She's at every single game, basically, including on the road. Her face is out there all the time, you know, why would I not trust her? She's the one with the knowledge and the information. And frankly, if you don't trust her, well, then maybe she should have been fired, essentially. And I don't know. Maybe that is what happened behind the scenes. But if that's the case, then again, hard for me to trust the Missouri Board of Curators and their judgment at this point. It really is when they're the ones who, by the way, yeah, a lot of people will point out, hey, they gave us Eli Drinkwitz. Well, congratulations on getting one right with a process that really cannot be defended by anyone with a brain. Because again, it's gotten us to this point where I don't know how the Missouri athletic director job is not artificially, the value of it is it not devalued by the board of curators. There's just no excuse for that. Again, an unforced error that should not be happening. And frankly, Missouri, everybody in charge of that athletic department, the president on down, let's figure out a better structure, one that makes more sense and doesn't lend itself to a succession-like situation where people behind the scenes are constantly at their throats. There needs to be an actual pecking order, and to me, the athletic director should basically be right at the top of it. And you know what? Desiree Reed-Francois' departure does change the calculus a little bit for Dennis Gates and his future, but maybe not quite as much as you're expecting. So let's let's just take another look at Dennis Gates and his job security coming up. But first, let's talk about FanDuel because you got to get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bucks. If your team wins, bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Your Missouri Tigers at home tonight against, well, a rather good Tennessee team. No doubt about that. 11.5-point underdogs at home. That's actually a fairly significant difference between the Ken Palm projections here. Missouri, a 14-point loser over at the Ken Palm projections. I have a funny feeling this game could be a little bit more competitive than people expect, though frankly I base that on absolutely nothing other than a funny feeling. So please don't take any action on that little piece of advice. Not even advice, just a feeling. But again, 
Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. It's FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And thanks for telling a friend we are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get audio podcasts, including the SiriusXM app, where you can listen to the Tigers take on the Tennessee Volunteers tonight at 6 o'clock on the SiriusXM app or on your radio dial channel 190 to hear Chris Gervino and Mike Kelly. But you know what? Speaking of Mizzou basketball, my previous, well, not the previous episode, I don't believe, but in the past week or so, threw out some numbers with Dennis Gates and his buyouts and just how massive those numbers really are. And frankly, after this season, even with Desiree Reed, Francois gone, Dennis Gates is safe for next year, folks. Missouri is not going to pay 20 plus million dollars to buy out a basketball coach, no matter how disappointing this season has been when said basketball coach got you your first NCAA victory in over a decade the previous season and the next season. Well, there's still plenty of reasons for hope, obviously, with a a very excellent on-paper recruiting class coming in next season. But really, the key number is after the third year for Dennis Gates, after the 24-25 campaign, if it goes reasonably as badly as this season has, well, you're looking at still about $17.2 million after that season to buy out Dennis Gates. Again, as far as I can tell, the second biggest buyout in college football history after Jimbo Fisher's 70 plus million is 21 and a half to Auburn's Gus Malzahn back in the day. So again, that is a massive, massive number for Missouri and Dennis Gates. That's 17.2 million. But who the heck knows if it gets so bad and there is a, a donor out there, maybe the guy who gave the 62 million bucks uh, uh, just a few weeks ago, if he's willing to plunk down 17.2 to get a new basketball coach, well, there you go. And, and, and there's it's certainly a little bit more likely to happen with Desiree Reed Francois being gone. Obviously, hey, if you fire somebody you didn't hire, well, you're able to just go, oh, that previous guy, he was the one who messed that up. You fire somebody you hired, well, that tends to reflect poorly on you. And the more often you do it, the less capital you have for your own job and your own job security. So again, I do think this definitely hurts Dennis Gates' job security a little bit for next season, though not this season whatsoever. That's not realistic at all. And frankly, even at $17.2 million, I'd still bet on Dennis Gates being here for at least four seasons. And back to the vaunted board of curators here for just a little bit. And, you know, I do understand the pushback on some level, especially on the on the surface level of the people who say, hey, the board of curators gave us Eli Drinkwitz. Would you have rather had Blake Anderson, which is who Jim Sterk originally wanted to hire back in 2019? Well, hey, 
good point. But I would pretty easily be able to push back against your pushback and say, hey, the Board of Curators is also the same group that gave us Kim Anderson on the basketball court as well. By all accounts, that was not a Mike Alden move whatsoever. In fact, that was Kim Anderson was basically foisted upon Mike Alden. So he doesn't have to take the L there. That's a big old fat L for the board of curators and their meddling ways. And a lot of times these days, the buzzword around college basketball, you hear it all the time, it's alignment. And I really do believe, and I'm I'm not a big buzzwords guy, but in this particular case, just the concept of of alignment, having a head coach, especially a head football coach and an athletic director. And hopefully everybody, yes, human nature being what it is, there's always going to be competition and clicks and all this different kind of stuff and power struggles for sure. And that's what we saw, I think, pretty obviously play out in front of our eyes one way or the other here behind the scenes in the Missouri athletic department. So again, what Missouri has to do, in my opinion, is make, oh, I'm going to use another buzzword here, systemic changes to how this whole structure works. It's not necessarily about, hey, this peop- these people in the board of curators are bad, this one's good, this, that, or the other, or Desiree Reed francois right, wrong, or the other, because there's a lot of behind-the-scenes details that obviously I am not privy to, but what I have been privy to over the years here at the University of Missouri is a lack of alignment within the university and the athletic department, and too often the athletic part of the university and the academic side much too often are at odds. Again, why can't we just all be in alignment here? It seems obvious to me that, listen, I'm all about academics and learning stuff. Don't get me wrong. I like me some book learning, folks. I'm not just a dumb jock. You may have, hopefully you've figured that out by now. But here's the deal. When athletics is good at Missouri, When football is good, what does that do? That brings more eyeballs to the University of Missouri. It makes more people interested in going to the University of Missouri. This is all a very positive, self-fulfilling almost prophecy that makes everything better. It's a rising tide that lifts all boats, if you will. More money to the athletic department means more students enrolling. That means more research money for various different sciences and and blah, 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 blah. You understand my point. The main one here is, hey, again, alignment, academics, athletics, let's get with it. And at a certain point, the board of curators, they may have their reason for existing, but the reason is not to be meddling with the athletic director who is putting in 60 to 80 hours a week worrying about his or her athletic department. Meanwhile, this is a part-time gig for you. Clearly, this is not, oh, here comes another buzzword, a sustainable infrastructure. And I do want to address one more bit of a defense for the for the Missouri Board of Curators. And I got to say, I was, I was amused by this comment. Maybe the most blue-pilled thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And if you're not sure what blue-pilled means, well, I'll give you a quick explanation here on the other side of this break. But you know what? First, I want to red-pill you on hiring. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals 
that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And I'm just telling you from experience, when you get that person, that right candidate, it's the best day of your life because they're going to provide added value on top of what you're paying them. But at the same time, you get the wrong person, it's the exact opposite. You're going to be wanting to pay money just to get rid of them. Well, that's the best part about LinkedIn because hiring is easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Find Locked On Sports Today, now available again on the free Fire TV channels app. And for the uninitiated, well, The Matrix, there's a very early moment, pivotal moment in that movie where the main main character, Neo, essentially is offered two options. He can take the blue pill and basically everything he will have seen up until this point will be forgotten and he can go back to his safe and normal existence. But if he takes the red pill, well then he's going to discover the horrifying truth of the real world, essentially. So, Basically, hey, blue-pilled, I've been a blue-pilled guy in my life. Of course, children are very blue-pilled. I remember thinking, hey, well, all all a dar, all <laughs> I remember being able to talk, too. When I was a kid, I thought all adults were smart and that they had, well, they weren't selfish and that, you know, they had everybody's best interests at heart and all that good stuff. Well, I couldn't help but be amused over at Rock M Nation Nate Edwards had an amusing piece. At least I found it amusing. Not everybody did, apparently. But his piece was called The Board of Curators Plots. It's next dastardly deed. And you've got a bunch of sort of handmade tail-looking people with you can't see their faces in the the image there. So clearly meant to be lighthearted there. But one commenter, again, this is the most blue-pilled thing I've ever heard in my life. Quote, I hope this was meant as a joke. I'm not laughing. I'm not sure of the situation as it exactly happened, and we ne- we may never get the complete story. I may not agree with the curators on every decision, but I do feel they, as a whole, have the best interest of the university system. So the argument here is an appeal to authority. I'm just supposed to blindly trust the experts, right? Well, my goodness, after the last few years, without even getting into the idea of just blindly trusting experts at at this point, once again, the board of curators, how can we call them experts? I'm not even going to give them that because, again, these are part-time employees. And to this idea of having the best interest of the university system, well, at the risk of repeating myself, again, these are fallible human beings just like me and you who have their own 
self-interest. And when it comes to the idea of micromanaging, this is why this is important. Let me give you an example. I'll give you a personal example here. One thing I like about like working for the Locked On Podcast Network is they do not micromanage my content whatsoever. Now they give me guides. They tell me, hey, read this, read this ad here, obviously, at this point in the show. Keep the show to this length, all that kind of stuff. They have a format that they like, and I try to adhere to it the best that I can. But I know what Mizzou fans want to hear more than the eponymous David Locke, who is the voice of the Utah Jazz and objectively a much more experienced and accomplished broadcaster than myself. But again, I'm the Missouri expert. David is not. He's the broadcasting expert compared to me, but he's not the Missouri expert. All of us have specialized knowledge, and if you don't trust your athletic director and her specialized knowledge, again, I'm questioning why you hired her or even have the job in the first place. If she's simply meant to just be a figurehead, well, quite honestly, she was doing a good job being the figurehead. She had convinced people like me that things were going great at the university, and she seemed to be a likable, again, public face on the athletic department that could shake hands with donors and season ticket holders and and make them feel important, that kind of deal. All of us want to feel important. So, I don't know, to me, just on every level, none of this stuff makes any sense, and the appeal to authority of, hey, we got to trust the board of curators – I'm sorry, that just does not fly for me whatsoever when we've seen again and again their micromanaging has been a big problem here and remains a big problem. Hey, a broken clock is right twice a day, as they say. And apparently, they got a little lucky with that whole Eli Drinkwitz situation. I'm glad they did. And my goodness, I guess they're just going to ride the coattails of that little bit of political capital until until the end of time and until they until as long as they possibly can but again to me i just think there's got to be some type of systemic change here within the university where there's a a much better hierarchy of power here where the athletic director is empowered to actually make decisions when it comes to hiring a football coach more stuff than just hey i want to make the basketball seats black that kind of deal hey i like the move But, man, you need more power than that if you're going to attract a real candidate to be the next athletic director at the University of Missouri. The best candidate you possibly can. To me, this is an obvious hindrance and one that is an unforced error, once again, by the Missouri, the whole Missouri, University of Missouri system, in my humble opinion. But, hey, thanks as always. I'm glad in your humble opinion this has been a a decent podcast to check out. Appreciate you being patient yesterday. Appreciate you being a, a loyal listener every day. Thanks for making this your first listen every day. Again, for your second listen, definitely check out Locked On Sports today on the Amazon Fire TV app or on YouTube. And again, Missouri and Tennessee, check it out on your radio dial, channel 190, or on the SiriusXM app for the Tigers and the Vols in basketball this evening. So until next time, I am John Miller, and thanks as always for listening to Locked on Mizzou.